Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Philippe Durand, a partner at the Paris law firm Auguste de Beauzy. In this special series of podcasts, we will be looking at employment and labor issues affecting businesses and organizations, specifically in our European jurisdictions. In addition to discussing the important stories and events happening in these countries, we are fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers who practice in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help their local clients. Joining us today on the program is Oksana Zaharchenko, attorney at Attorneys Association Gestors in Ukraine. Today, with Oksana, we will be discussing the process of employment termination in her jurisdiction, that is to say, in Ukraine. Oksana, how are you doing today? Good afternoon. Nice to hear you, Philip. Hope that the audience shall find the issues we're going to discuss helpful and interesting. I'm sure it will be the case. I'm sure it will be the case. Now tell me, I was curious, are you calling from your office in Kiev or are you working from home? At the moment, I'm working from home. Okay, very good. Now, as I said before, and this is the topic we have picked up for our audience today, employment termination in Ukraine, which I think will be of particular interest for people who have business in Ukraine or who want to set up business in Ukraine. So I think the first item we should touch on, if you don't mind, Oksana, That's, of course, the various grounds of dismissal that would most often be used in practice in Ukraine, in your jurisdiction. What would be those grounds? Termination of employment is quite a delicate question for both employer and employee. And if employment relations doesn't end based on the mutual consent of the parties, conditions of which are typically acceptable for both of them, it may be accompanied with conflict situation, high level of negative emotions, putting reputation at risk, long-standing and expensive court proceeding, and so on. Taking into account that as a rule, both employer and employee happen to address the lawyer far after process of determining who's wrong and who's right began, I would like not only to specify the most frequently used grounds for termination of employment, but also inform the audience about common mistakes made by employers during dismissal process and give some recommendations that one should use to avoid possible negative outcome. Generally, employment relations established for a definite period of time may terminate after the end of the term of employment agreement. Employment relations established for indefinite period may be terminated by employee at any time by giving two weeks prior notice. Employers may terminate employment only under limited grounds enumerated at the Labor Code of Ukraine. Each ground of dismissal has its peculiarities of application, but uh, there are several main stages that are typical for all the cases. These are, first of all, confirmation of existence of grounds for dismissal by employer, or in the other case, a decision of termination made by the employee himself. Secondly, obtain prior concept of the trade union in case it is provided by law. Next step is issuing of the order of dismissal and informing the employee about such an order. In this case, the signature of employee is obligatory. 
In case Dimbley refuses to put a signature on the order of dismissal, the act of refusal is prepared. Then goes provision of employer with the work record book, with the record of the date and legal basis of dismissal, and finally provision of the employee with severance pay set by current labor law, which includes payment for all the days of youth vacations. May I underline that Ukrainian legislation set a number of restrictions on application of grounds for dismissal at the initiative of employer. In particular, it is prohibited to dismiss pregnant women, women with children under the age of three, and single mothers with children under the age of 14 or with disabled children, as well as the employee during the period of his temporary disability or during his annual leave. This rule, however, doesn't apply in case of complete liquidation of the enterprise. Oksana, I understand that termination by mutual consent does exist in Ukraine. One of the most frequently used options is termination of employment upon the party's mutual consent. This is made by signing an agreement wherein the parties agree to terminate employment on the date chosen by them. It means that the last working day may be tomorrow, next Friday, or last Wednesday of current month. Moreover, it may be done even during vacation or disability leave of the employee. The indisputable preference of such agreement is that the employee has no right to revoke his consent to terminate employment. Such possibility is now set by law as opposed to termination of employment at the employee's own will. When the employee informs employer about his intention to leave with two weeks prior notice, but he may revoke his application. The agreement mentioned before may be cancelled only by written decision of both parties. Therefore, it is impossible to cancel it in court in future. Additionally, in this case, employer shall pay off all dismissal payment prescribed by law, together with a compensation payment in the amount that the parties agree. As a rule, the amount of such compensation varies from one to six average monthly wages. As to the employees, such ground for dismissal is often a way out for people who have already found another job, for example. Moreover, dismissal under the party's consent allows employees to keep the work record book free of uh, negative entries. This applies to cases where an employee may be dismissed based on disciplinary procedure, but the company's manager offers a compromise to follow the mutual agreement of the parties. Oksana, how about termination, or I should say maybe dismissal, at the employee's initiative in Ukraine? This is another unusual situation that may occur, as when the employee decides to leave and file the relative application, employer may refuse to accept it. One can terminate employment upon his own free will, but one needs good reasons for that. In addition, such reasons need to be proved by documents, which is not always possible. This mechanism allows unscrupulous companies' management to deny work as dismissal, especially if the employee wants to leave work due to pressure, inconsistency of conditions, or low wages, and the employer doesn't want to look for the replacement. Despite complexity of situation, the problem can still be resolved, even if employer refuses to register the application. It is enough to send it by the recommendation letter 
with acknowledgement of receipt to the legal address of the company. According to the law, from the moment of delivery of this letter, the application is considered accepted. After two weeks from this date, the employee can be considered dismissed. Summing up, both termination upon the party's mutual consent and on the employee's own will are often used and have both pros and cons. And to find the best way to end employment relations, one need to consider concrete situation and circumstances. Oksana, this is very clear, but now when we prepared this discussion, I think you were referring to as well dismissal at the employer's initiative. So how about that? As related to such category as termination of employment and employer's initiative, it is possible strictly according to the grounds listed in the Labor Code of Ukraine and to procedure which depends on the ground applied. The grounds in such case in particular are finding on unconformity of the employee for his position or job functions due to poor qualification or poor health, which preclude continuation of work under employment agreement, or truancy of the employee, including absence at work for more than three hours within a working day, or theft of employer's property confirmed by the valid court decision, or breach of employee's conditions and or any obligation set forth in employment agreement as well as showing up at work under influence of alcohol on drugs or a non-appearance of the employee at work within more than four consecutive months due to the temporary health disorder, or changes in organization or production of work, including liquidation, reorganization, bankruptcy, or change of business of the employer, uh, reduction of staff or elimination of positions, etc., some of the aforementioned grounds require existence of appropriate documents. For example, medical certificate confirming the state of alcoholic intoxication. The others require official internal investigation. For example, it is obligatory part of disciplinary procedure that may lead to reprimand or dismissal. It is very important to keep it in mind, as if the procedure of termination is conducted with violations, of the order set by labor legislation, it may lead to re-employment of dismissal, dismissed employee based on the court decision and paying him of compensation for the period of the so-called forced absence from work. Well, that sounds very interesting, Oksana, because obviously in Ukraine you've got an employee-friendly protection, I would say, to a certain extent, but at the same time you've got some flexibility, particularly when you are talking about termination by mutual consent. So obviously there are some traps to be avoided, but there are also some flexibility for for employers in Ukraine. But speaking of traps, Oksana, what would you say are the most common mistakes that employers would be making during this termination process you were describing? And if you could each time give us some practical tips for those employers in Ukraine to avoid those mistakes. Yes, having analyzed the court practice, I would like to single out top five mistakes of employers that resulted on re-employment of their former employees. So, mistake one, incorrect ground for dismissal set in the order. In one of the court cases, the employee was repeatedly reprimanded for the absence at his workplace, for smoking at his workplace, for not fulfilling some of his labor duties, Eventually, employer dismissed this employee for systematic failure to perform his duties. The employee 
filed the lawsuit, won it, and was re-employed. This happened because employer made a number of mistakes. He didn't set the correct ground for dismissal in the order, didn't refer to concrete duties set by the job description violated by this employee. Therefore, in case of dismissal for systematic failure to perform labor duties, employers should arrange appropriate records of violations in a form of acts, for example, ask and receive written explanations as regards the violations from the employee and clearly state the ground for dismissal in the order. Mistake two, failure to comply with the disciplinary procedure. Most labor disputes are initiated by employees due to non-compliance or incomplete compliance with the procedure of dismissal, in particular, in cases of disciplinary procedures. For example, the state-owned enterprise dismissed one of its managerial employees as due to results of tax inspection. This employee's actions resulted on financial damage to the enterprise. The employee was dismissed based on breach of employee's obligations set forth in employment agreement and job description. However, employer didn't ask and received written explanations from the employee about the mentioned violations. The internal investigation was not carried out in full, and that became the reason of addressing court for re-employment. So, it is obvious that in order to have proper evidence in court, it is necessary to record all procedures related to dismissal. If the employee refuses to put his signature on the document related to the inner investigation, then the act of refusal is prepared and signed by at least three witnesses. Such act of refusal shall be considered as sufficient evidence in court. Mistake three, failure to comply with prohibition of dismissal employee during his disability or annual leave. This prohibition is absolute. So if there are legal grounds for dismissal, employer must wait for the employee to be able to work or to be recognized as a person with disabilities. This also applies to the annual leave, and the law prohibits dismissal during any of the holidays specified by the law of Ukraine on vacations. Therefore, even if the employee is issued a certificate of temporary disability on his last working day, the decision of his dismissal will be considered ungrounded. Protection of the violated right in this case is to re-employ such a person at the previous working place, but not to amend the date of dismissal. Mistake four, dismissal of some categories of employees. Employer dismissed the pregnant woman due to the end of the term of her employment agreement. She asked the court on re-employment and insisted that the company had failed to fulfill its obligation on her further employment. It is also interesting that employer himself didn't deny this. The Supreme Court put an end to this dispute, but didn't fully satisfy the plaintiff's claim. She was not re-employed at her previous position. Instead, the court noted that employer still had to fulfill his obligation on employment of this woman. That is why companies should keep in mind that dismissal of pregnant women due to the expiration of employment agreement is possible, but the obligation of Finding another job for such a woman remains with employer. And mistake five, 
failure to comply with provisions of employment contract during dismissal of the company's director. In this case, employer didn't take into account provision of employment contract with the director of the company on obligation to prior notice of dismissal for at least two months before it. And although such a period was not provided by law, both employer and employee agreed on such a condition in employment contract, which is a specific form of employment agreement, I may say, so they had to comply with it. In practice, many contracts include additional notice periods for dismissal at the initiative of the employer, which are not provided by the labor law. Such conditions are quite dangerous for employment as they prevent both immediate dismissal on the basis of termination of officials' authority, which under the Labor Code of Ukraine has two main features. Firstly, employer is not obliged to explain the reason for such dismissal. And secondly, the amount of compensation shall be not less than six months' average salaries of the employee. Well, the good thing, thank you, Oksana, the good thing about that is that you make the, the effort to take a few practical examples from court decisions, which of course gives more relevancy from a more, more practical angle to that. Now, Oksana, that will be, and this will be my final question to you. When we prepared this discussion, you did tell me about a recent reform regulation that the Ukrainian government put in place about the digitalization of work or employment records. And I was wondering, Oksana, to what extent is this new change uh, for e-documents, what sort of impact is this going to have on employment termination in your jurisdiction? Right. Uh, recently, the Verkhovna Rada of Ukraine has approved the law on amendments to certain legislative acts of Ukraine concerning accounting of employees' labor activity in electronic form. From the 10th of June this year, Amendments in the procedure for termination of employment applies due to establishment of electronic work record books in Ukraine. Earlier, on the day of dismissal, the employee was handed a work record book with appropriate notes on the date and grounds of dismissal. Later on, this information specified in the work record book was transferred to the pension fund and based on such data, a decision on appointment of and the size of the pension was made. From now on, registration of labor activity of employees is carried out in the register of insured persons. The law established a five-year transition period for such inclusion of information from paper employment records into the digital one. Therefore, now the algorithm of the employer's action on the day of dismissal is as follows. To hand over the copy of the order of dismissal to the employee, to provide him with all severance payments set by law, and at the employee's request to make necessary records on dismissal in the work record book, which is now shall be kept by the employee. This is done precisely at the request of the employee and not in all cases as was previously provided for. Thus, the main thing for employer during termination procedure is to provide employees a copy of dismissal order. At the same time, I may note that now it is necessary to issue a copy of dismissal order in any ground for dismissal. Before these amendments were applied, a copy of the order was obligatory issued upon dismissal of the employee at employer's initiative 
but based on the other grounds, only at the request of the employee. In my opinion, it is important for employer to ensure the evidence that the employee has been duly informed about dismissal order. This can be done by personal handing over the order, sending it by the post, by a letter with confirmation of its receipt, or sending it to employee's email, if this is agreed by the parties in employment agreement. In conclusion, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that the government hasn't yet approved a new procedure for maintaining work record books. So although the employee shall still provide employer with a work record book upon employment, now employer has no obligation to keep it. The work record book is kept by employee himself. However, at his request, employer is obliged to make appropriate entries into it. By the way, Pension Fund of Ukraine has developed a procedure for digitizing data from paper work record books, and one may already start using it. And until the final inclusion of all the data about the labor activity of employees to electronic register, paper work record books will definitely be necessary to reflect information about the employee's labor activity before electronic records were established. Well, thanks to you, Oksana. Well, that was quite useful, especially this very last update you gave to our audience today. So thanks for that. And thank you to all of you for joining us today on the program. If you would like to connect with Oksana or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law, that's .law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars download white papers and on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Philippe Durand, and thanks for listening today.